Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, good morning, everybody. Yes, welcome to church. Welcome to Transformation. Come on, give Jesus your best for a second. Come on, just give him a little praise. We love you, Lord. I believe Jesus is here, and anything can happen. Come on, anything can happen today. The Lord is in this place. He inhabits your praise. And so if you came in one way, you can leave different today. Uh, God can heal, restore, set free, deliver, encourage, lift up, build. He can do anything you need him to do. He is the great I am. I am uh, who I am. I will be what, I, what you need me to be. That's who Jesus is today. And so I just want to encourage you, whatever you need him to be, he will be that today. We do have an amazing marriage conference coming up this weekend. We're in a series called Soulmates, and uh, we're looking at marriage and relationships. And so um, I'm going to just plug it one more time. If you haven't signed up yet, or if you know a neighbor that needs to go, come on, that neighbor that's been bugging you, screaming in their marriage and stuff, you know what I'm saying? The one that you've been worrying about calling the police on or something, y'all invite them to the marriage conference. They need it. And uh, if, it's, if your neighbor's sitting by you, don't look at them right now. Just tell them you're going with me. Um, <laughs> But the reality is we all uh, need one another in this thing called marriage. Marriage isn't easy, and uh, we need godly relationships and, and partners. The culture is trying to destroy marriage. Uh, marriage is supernatural, and so it, it, God says that I've, I've made two become one. And uh, so that, that math, that doesn't add up, you know? And so uh, that's supernatural. And Jesus said, what God has put together, let no man separate. And so I pray today that whatever uh, is trying to separate or wherever you might feel individualized in your marriage, God would unify you and make you one. Um, I want to speak to all different types of marriages today. Um, we have, uh, like I said, two-day child care conference this weekend. If your, your kids, that's included. We have a huge surprise on Friday night, so it's outdoors, so pray for good weather. It's going to be fun, and uh, if you haven't signed up, sign up for that, and then Saturday is going to be some amazing teaching as well. And then besides that, we have something called Exo Small Groups, where we have groups, marriage groups that meet in the community together, uh, different Christian couples that meet all around homes and on this campus all throughout the, uh, the weeks, about six to eight weeks after conference. And so, man, get in one of those groups as well. If you don't go to conference, you can still get in one of those groups, but we'd love to have you. Uh, I hope you were here last week. If you weren't, go online and check it out. I uh, am going to speak out of Ephesians again a little bit today and just give you some real practical thoughts about marriage. Uh, I think God can heal your marriage. I don't know what you came in here with. Maybe you just need to tune up and maybe you, you just need some principles and things you need to write down. Take notes today. Come on, I'm going I'm to I'm talk to the ladies and I'm going to talk to the guys today. So I'm equal opportunity across the board. Uh, I went and counted how many points I have towards each one so nobody could be like, you said more to the girls than you did the guys. And so, so we're equal across the board. And um, I, I think it'll help you. If you've been uh, hurt in, in your relationship, God can heal that. If you're doing great, God can make it greater. Um, if you, maybe you've been marked by religion and the, the enemy or the church has said, um, sometimes the church can be religious and they've said, you know, you've gone through a divorce and there's no hope for your future. You, that's you sin and you're in perpetual sin and those kind of things. I just want to take that off you. I want to take shame off of you, not shame on you. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say shame off you shame off of you. And so, so you, there's, a, there's a hope for a remarriage if, if you're in that, or maybe you've gotten remarried and you're struggling, and there's hope to, to heal and give you a future uh, in that as well. And so all different people, all different places. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul gives us the answer really to all marriage problems. He gives us the, the subscription, the, the, 
the prescription and subscription to all marriage problems. And I think that um, really, if we do the hard work and get into this word and we would do what it said, um, we would have healed marriages. I think, I think our marriages, if you're not married in here today, come on, who's single and ready to mingle? Come on, look at that. Everybody look around. Hold your hands up high. Like, I got you. I see you. <laughs> One girl's like waving it. Like, <laughs> um, we, um, I'm, I just lost my, 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 my track of mind on that. <laughs> I think that uh, everything that you need is going to be inside of this, this text. And I think our marriages need to look different than the world's. I, I, I'm tired of the, the Christian marriages, my, my marriage or your marriage or just the, the church looking the same and having the same uh, pain rates and the same pain cycles and the same arguments and the same, the same divorce. It's just, it just shouldn't be that way. This is supernatural. And, and we have the, the life giver. It's that we have the one that gave everything on a cross to make this strong and holy and different. And I don't want the world looking at us. I think in this hour, we have to be hungry for God to actually do something new and different in our lives. That, that we can see the distinction between the darkness out there and the light in here. And it needs to be different. And so the only way to, that to happen is the supernatural power of Jesus. And so I really believe that God can do that for your life and my life. Ephesians 5 says this, uh, 22, uh, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And so uh, I said this last week, and I want to say it again, uh, very powerful verse, wives submit uh, to your husbands, to your own husbands. Let me, let me say this scripture does not say women submit to men. It doesn't say that. There's nowhere in the Bible that says women submit to men. And, and for you religious folks, they're going to pull one verse out of Timothy on me. That's not what it's saying. And so I got the mic, so I get to tell you what it's saying. Um, and so, but, but it, it does say wives submit to your husbands. The word submission is very powerful. Submission. Sub in the Latin means under mission. Under mission. Submission means you bring your strengths, your talents, your calling, your gifts, everything, and you come under the mission of your family, under the mission of your husband, and you bring all that under the mission of what God has for you both. There's this level of submission. I'm gonna, you're the crown of man. Come on, ladies, you're twice removed from the dirt. He was made from the dirt. You, you are twice removed. You're made from his rib, and then you're the crown of, of him. And so all of the world is trying to steal that crown and steal that calling. And you bring your gifts and your crown and you're the crown of him. And, and literally you submit that calling up under his strength and who God's called him to be. So you have submission. Men, the Bible says, let me read it from the Bible. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So, so that's crucifixion. Women, you have submission. Come on guys, you have crucifixion. Ladies, you think you had it bad? The, the, the reality is these things work so powerfully together. And, and men, you need to be able to crucify your flesh, crucify your wants, crucify your will, crucify your attitudes, crucify the things where she's safe enough to submit her strength up under your strength. Not to dominate, not to domineer, but to submit that up under who you are because she can be safe enough to be up under and not lose her identity and who she is. 
Verse 33 summarizes all of it. Nevertheless, let each one of you, uh, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. Come on, men, love your wife like you love yourself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So the whole kind of culmination of that chapter is love and respect, love and respect. There's a whole book around it, um, loving and respecting. Basically, the dance is this. When I don't feel respected, then I'm unloving. When she doesn't feel loved, she's disrespectful. And so it turns into this crazy cycle and, and you begin to, to dishonor and, and act unloving over and over. Someone has to break the crazy cycle. And, and the first person to break the crazy cycle is not the weakest, they're the wisest. <laughs> Say that again, someone said. <laughs> the first person to break the cycle is not the weakest, they're the wisest. And so you, you might be feeling unloved, you can act respectful and watch it change. You might be feeling disrespected, you can act loving and watch it change. So, so I just want to encourage you uh, to break out of that cycle. Marriage is not easy, uh, it takes a lot of work. I'm going to speak to the women first. Let me pray for us before I jump in. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've given us the tools. Help us to open our hearts. Jesus, you can do something today that we can't do. Maybe someone's in here going, it can never happen for me. Lord, you can do it today. Two can become one supernaturally today in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Ladies, uh, I'm going to talk to the guys first. So get your pens out. Y'all should be taking notes today. Don't look at anybody today. Look straight ahead and take notes. Um, (laughs) the secret to loving your wife, men, uh, number one, she wants honest, consistent, safe communication. She wants honest, consistent, safe communication safe, where you can actually, we talked about last week, that you can disagree, but still validate her. She wants to be validated. I wrote it this way. Women want to be heard, not solved. Yeah, like that. And, and guys, we have a problem with this. We're fixers. We're solvers. We want to figure out how to fix the solution. My wife sent me a good text the other day. I, I think it was where it said this, it saved someone's marriage. It said, do you need comforted or, or answers in this situation? Where they, the, the husband and spouse would actually ask each other, are you looking for comfort or solutions right now? That's a good question to ask one another. Are you needing comfort or solutions right now? So, so men, your wife needs to be heard, not just solved. Actually, the communication for her uh, is, 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 intimacy where you can, she can see into your heart. Communication to her is really the lifeblood of your relationship. All communication is life to your relationship. When communication stops men, life and death begin to set in. Death begins to set into your relationship if you stop communicating. So please, you want to hear her. Genesis 29 says it this way. I didn't use this verse last week, but I want to use it today. 32 through 33, Leah is not loved by Jacob, not as much as he loves Rachel. And so she's fighting for his love. I said it last week. Men, love to your wife is being seen and heard. That's love. Seeing her and hearing her with acceptance. This is what it says. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, the Lord surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I'm unloved. He has therefore given me this son also, and she called his name Simeon. Look at the two things she said. God has heard me, and God has seen me. She named them these names. Reuben means seeing my affliction. Simeon means hearing with acceptance. She actually named her children seeing and hearing. 
She's fighting for love. Love to your wife, men, as you've seen her and hearing her with acceptance. It's so important that you begin to love her and see her. I see you, babe. I hear you, babe. Tell me more, babe. What is that? What, what, what are you trying to say, babe? You know, talk to her. Be coachable, men. Be coachable. My wife has to coach me in these areas. I don't, come on, we're, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm working on it too. Like, I, we don't get it right half the time. We say stuff that's dumb. We don't know what they're talking about. Come on, different languages. And so she'll say, and I'll look at her and I can tell, it's, anybody can tell it's going wrong, going down the wrong path. In it. And I'm like, okay, and I've learned, I stop. And the other day I said it even, I go, what should I have said right there? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just slowed down. I said, what should I have said right there? Help me. And I was genuine, like, like coach me. Like, what should I have said better right there? Like, and then, and then I'll go, and then she'll tell me what to say. And I'll, I'll rewind and I'll say it babe. And I'll say exactly what she told me to say. And, and, and we begin to, to be able to communicate and she feels seen and heard. Here's something that's powerful. When your wife shares some things with you and, and, and how, how she might feel about something, you need to be able to go, man, I can't believe that you would feel that way. That's amazing. I can see how you feel that way. And then even go further. Guys, this is going to change your marriage. Go further and go, this is free. Okay. Free, free counseling right here. Go further and say, I bet it also made you feel this way. I bet you also felt lonely. I bet you also might've felt a little scared, babe. I bet you might, and, and throw on about three other, now get them right. Come on guys. <laughs> but throw on about three other emotions that you probably, that she probably could have felt in that. And what it t- communicates to her is like, he knows how I feel. He's paying attention. He's seeing me and he's hearing me. And I, my wife's taking notes on me right now. I got to see it. She, you, you, you know, just begin to communicate. She needs communication. It's intimacy. Intimacy is this. Into me see. Men, you need to let your wife see into your heart. Emotionally communicate. She, she wants to penetrate you emotionally. When you want to be physical with her, but you've never allowed her to be emotional with you, she feels used. That's why when y'all go to do it, make love. Let me say it that way. That's why when y'all go to make love, she dumps all of her emotions on you in that moment because you hostage. You ain't going nowhere. And you're like, babe, I thought we were. And she's like unloading like the day and her emotions and what the kids felt and how you, how she feels. And you're like, I thought we were doing something else. Here's the deal. It's your fault because you've never given her an outlet for her emotions in another, in another Avenue. And so you've never planned or scheduled a time to, for her to be emotional with you. And so now she's taking advantage of that moment. I would just say this, man, if you give her the place to do that, there'll be a place for everything. And so just make sure you allow her to be intimate with you and you're, you allow her in emotionally. Does that help anybody? Does that make sense? I know some of y'all taking notes. Y'all aren't going to look at anybody in a minute, but y'all, come on, I know you. I know how it works. So, so uh, give each other the proper space and time to communicate. Number two, she wants to feel protected. She wants to be safe in communication. She wants to feel protected spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. She wants to know you have good character, that you'll keep your word, that you'll have integrity. You know the word integrity? The word holy means integrity. Integrated. Holy. When God says, I am holy, 
It, it means I am one. It means he is integrated with himself, meaning his word and what he does are the same. What he says and does are the same. That's holy. Men, when you do and say the same thing, that's holy. That's integrity. That's integrated with yourself. That's integrated with your word. She wants you to be integrated. She doesn't want you to jump when she grabs your phone. Uh Oh, she should have your passwords. She should know where you are. Oh, it's going to be quieter here today. <laughs> I'm going to get to the women in a minute, man. Don't leave church. Come on. <laughs> she wants you to lead your family spiritually. Pray for your family. Don't delegate the, the leadership of your family to a youth ministry or to, to church or to a Christian school or, or to some peer. You do, take the leadership, man. Strong men make strong homes. Strong men create strong families. And so be strong, not perfect, but be strong. She wants you to protect her dreams. Uh, Most, I wrote it this way. uh, The biggest fights in marriage are on the dream level. The biggest fights are on the dream level. So remember when, when Mary Magdalene takes the alabaster box and breaks it at Jesus' feet and she puts all those resources, that was a year of her wages and life at his feet. Jesus protects that. All the other disciples kind of ridicule that. Men, it's not the fact that you buy a big boat or an expensive car. It's the fact that you're attacking the dream of financial security and stability for the family. Now, maybe you can afford that fine, so you're not attacking that dream. But it's not the fact that you're working hard. It's the fact that you're attacking her dream of having a close-knit family where everybody cares for each other and is around aspects of family time. So, so she begins to get upset and feels unprotected when you attack those dreams. I would just encourage you, be a dream maker. Like, well, she's got a roof over her head. <laughs> well, yeah, but God doesn't just meet your needs. He meets your desires. And so I, I've told my daughter, I tell her a lot, and I'm trying to do the best I can at it. Tell my wife, I want to make y'all's dreams. I want to make their dreams come true. Now, in the best of my ability, and it's in line with God, my daughter's got a few dreams right now. She's going, and going she's taking notes on me too right now. You're like, I got two sons. I ain't making their dreams come true. They turn 18. They're going to go kill some stuff. Go, go join the military. Go do something. And making my boys' dreams come true. Making my girls' dreams come true. Does that make sense? Is that all right, everybody? I love you, son. (laughs) They want to feel protected. Number three, she needs quantity and quality time. Needs both. Figure out her love language. Guys, figure out how she feels cared for and loved. Uh, I I hate fixing stuff. I could pay for somebody to fix it. My wife would rather watch me fix it. (laughs) That's quality time to her, me fixing stuff. She'll see that, and now she'll brag on that, so I'm fixing stuff, right? She needs that. Uh, It's romance to to figure out how she wants to be loved. Number four, she wants to be pursued. So guys, do what you did at the beginning. Like, pursue her. Work on some things. Uh, Figure out how to to pursue. I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but do what you did at first. Whatever you did to get her, come on, you won her into your world. Whatever you did to get her, do that to keep her, Okay. And so intimacy, communication, feeling protected, uh, those things, uh, being pursued, those are important things. That's how she feels safe, and that's really how you can love her very well. Um, husbands, wives, here you go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready, ladies? Number one, he desperately needs respect. He desperately needs respect. Doesn't matter how strong and confident you think he is. Doesn't matter how tough he acts. He desires your respect. He wants you to respect him. Usually when he's not feeling respected, he'll act unloving. 
I'm not saying that's an excuse, but he wants to know that you believe in him and you respect him. Quit telling him who he's not. Well, I wish you were this and I wish you were like them and I wish you did that. Quit saying who he's not. Start saying who he is. Start saying, man, I'm so thankful for you and I'm so glad that you get up and do that. I'm so thankful that you do that. And I, baby, I see you going to a job that you don't like and I see you trying to sacrifice and make dreams come true. I see you and begin to tell him who he is. My wife married me for who I was gonna be, not who I was. And she's still with me for who I'm gonna be, not who I am some, some days. Some days. And she speaks life into me and it's so powerful. Um, I wrote this down. We respond, ladies, we respond better to honor than anger. I wish you'd just clean the house and you don't do anything around here and you don't help. And I wish you would just work as hard at this house and this family as you do at your job. And, and I, I mean, all to see that, that's been laying there for three days. And, and, and it's like, we want to run. We might fix it to get you to be quiet. I, I would say use the hero method. You start going hero on him. He comes home from work and you just look at him. Mm, 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 mm. We're simple. Baby, I thank you for hanging that light and fixing that. You do stuff around here. Mm, I, will, I will go break stuff to fix it. You just go, mm. I come home, she just looks at me, mm, mm. I'll be breaking stuff, finding the hammer, fixing stuff that doesn't need broken. I just, I just think, go hero on him, tell him, thank him, use that, watch how he responds to that. David, his heart closed against his wife, Michael, uh, when she was disrespectful and dishonoring of him. In Samuel, it says this, so David said to McCall, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. David starts throwing jabs. It was before the Lord who God picked me instead of your daddy and all of his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I'll be held in honor. Here's here David's heart. His wife dishonored him. He was worshiping. He was getting radical. He was lifting his hands. He was twirling around. His wife goes, look at you. You look ridiculous. You're a king. You look undignified. Can't believe you get so radical in worship, honey. Quit. Put your hands down. I don't know. She was going after him and he, and he was dishonored and he turned around and he said, you know what? I'll be honored by all these maidservants out here. Ladies, do not allow your husband to hunger for honor outside the home. Give him, give him verbal praise. He needs to be respected. He needs to be affirmed. I talked about it a little last week. When he comes home, you look at him. She should have said, King David, you're my king tonight and I'm your queen. You know, you, you just, when he comes home, look at him, go, mm, daddy's home. King is home. Come here and give your queen a kiss. Just, just, just do that from the beginning when he comes in the door and watch what's happened. Some of y'all men need to be taking notes. You're like, I love this church. That's a man of God up there. Number two, he, he, he wants, this is a better one, guys. He wants you to initiate sex. Um, <laughs> he, he wants you to be receptive, but he also wants you to initiate. 
And so one of the marriage teachings, I've listened to the whole conference we're going to share this weekend. And uh, one of the teachings was one of the couples, they, they had a rule where if someone initiates and the person is tired or it's too late or kids or whatever, there's life and seasons and different libidos and everything's on different levels and all, all that. And so if one person initiates and the other person feels like, no, not tonight, then that other, the person that declined has 48 hours to initiate. It's a great rule. It's a great like tool in marriage where we're literally like, if you, if you can put it up, you can go 24 hours. You don't have to wait to 48. You know, one other, one other couple's like, we got 24 hour rule. Another couple's like, well, we do 48. So pick your own time frame. But the concept is if one person doesn't feel in the mood and then, then you do a 24 hour, 48 hour time frame where the other, that actual person has to initiate husbands. We want you or wives, we want you to initiate. And so I, I just think it's important. Your husband does think about sex a lot. And so give him something to think about. And, and, and it's hard, it's, it's hard to, to have an affair. Affairs are tough. You got to be secretive. You got to tell lies. You got to spend money on little gifts and little secrets. You got little secret code names, and secret number. I've never had one, praise God. But, but, but I know you got to find secret rendezvous. You got to find ways to do it. It's a lot of hard work. Why not put all of that work into your marriage? Have little rendezvous, have little code names, have little text messages, have all that stuff inside of your own marriage and adultery proof your marriage with that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? We want to see you initiate. The Bible says you should be intimate often. And all the guys said, and all the ladies said, amen. Three, he wants to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. Um, I know you've got girlfriends. You need godly girlfriends. He wants to be your friend. He want guys do stuff shoulder to shoulder. We work out, ah, you know, we shoot stuff, ah, we fish, ah, you know, we play golf, ah, beep, <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we, we do stuff shoulder to shoulder. Uh, ladies, you do stuff face to face a lot. Drink tea, get in the couch, put your, put your feet up, cross legged, and look at each other in the eye. You know what I mean? That's that. Men don't do that. If you're doing that, come to me. I'm gonna pray for you today. <laughs> so, so ladies do that. Like, but, but we, ladies, we need you shoulder to shoulder with us sometimes, whether whatever he likes to do, just like you need communication. We need you to go out on the golf course or, or go to the gym or get shoulder to shoulder, or go hunting or go fishing. And, and don't, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> we don't want you to say anything. <laughs> when we're with the guys, we don't say anything. We just do, we just fish or whatever. And you just shoulder to shoulder. And so that's powerful. He, he needs you to be his friend and then the last one for it, he wants to feel appreciated. Uh, very simple. I've said it a little bit, but he would rather hear you say thank you than I love you. Studies show that a man would rather have his wife say thank you than I love you. To us, when you say thank you, it feels like love. And so that's appreciation and being honored. Not that we don't ever want to hear I love you. Don't leave here and be like, I ain't never telling you I love you again. You know, don't, don't but, but there's something powerful about being appreciated. So in our marriage vows for sicker or for, for, for sickness and health, richer or poor, um, till death do us part, there are going to be some times that are poor. There are going to be some times that are sicker. There's going to be some tough times. And so I'm just going to give you three simple thoughts real quick. I got a few minutes with you, um, on kind of for all of us on really how to not bail. This helping anybody? Very practical. Uh, number one, focus on the first works. Focus on the first works. 
Whatever you did to get him or her, begin to do that again. Revelation, I shared it last week in 3, 5. It says that repent, repent means be, be brought back to the top, the highest place, repent, uh, pinnacle, penthouse, repent, go back to the highest place. And, and Jesus says, and do the first works. Begin to do the first works. When y'all were dating, come on, y'all, y'all know, y'all are dating. Come on, ladies, you would, you would get, put some leaves coming over. You put a little lip gloss on, a little makeup. Get out of the pajamas. You throw a lasagna in. You know, you're doing everything. He comes over. He's like, man, you look nice. Oh, this old rag. This, this, uh. <laughs> Something smells good in the house. Oh, that's some leftover lasagna. You know, you're lying. You're cooking it that morning. Getting it all in the house. Get, guys, you're working out. Getting rid of the beer belly. Come on. You're, you're, you're getting in shape. You're quoting scripture, writing poems. <laughs> praying for everything. Do the first one. Go back to those things that you were doing. Well, pastor, it's hard. We're married now. I don't want to do it. You know why it's hard? Because you're focusing on fixing them now. When you were dating, you were focusing on fixing you. Fix your focus on the first works. Now begin to focus on you. The number one gift you can give your spouse is a commitment for yourself to grow. The number one gift you can give your wife or husband is a commitment for you to grow. And the moment you begin to focus off of them, come on, no, everyone's broken. And, and it's poison to think everyone else in the house is the issue but you. That's poison. And when you begin to go, you know what, I'm going to focus on me. You know what happens when you begin to focus on you? Your eyes get off of their problems. And they begin to focus on your own problems and you begin to grow in a powerful way. So I think it's important to focus on the first works. Number two, find some fun. Find some fun. Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, enjoy the wife of your youth. Find fun. Find fun. Men, make dates a priority. Find some fun again. Make it a priority. Plan the date. Plan it. Plan it. Plan it. What do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. Where you want to go eat? I don't know where you want to go eat. Like make a reservation. You ever heard of that? They got cool apps for it now. Do some things like plan it, like get out of the cargo shorts and the fishing shirt. You know what I'm saying? Put on some cologne. <laughs> Smell good. Ladies, ladies, the babies and the kids will be fine. They'll go to sleep. They'll stop crying. You can drop them off. They'll be okay. Like, like find some. We don't have any money. Yeah, you do. You got the iPhone 55. <laughs> you got money. Make it a priority or figure out how to do it inexpensively, but find some fun. It becomes about wiping butts and paying bills. And whenever it's that, you're just business partners now. And there's no fun in it. Like you got to find some fun again. Proverbs 5.18 says this. So be happy with your wife and find your joy with the woman you married. It says you got to find joy. You find, you find what you look for. Begin to find it. Begin to look for it. Slow down. Calm down in life. Put, turn some of the apps off. Turn some of the social media stuff off. Like, get some time to slow down. No, we're so busy. We don't, no one, in, no one in a hurry who's not calm can love anybody well. We're so busy. Like, we can't love anybody well. Like, just, it's hard to love your spouse, your kids, God, church. Can't love good coming here. You're like, you're so busy. Like, we're going to sing another, hurry up with that song. Sing another song, hurry up. Oh, he's preaching so long. 
He's preaching like another offering. Ah, like hurry. <laughs> traffic, planes, hurry, work, stoplight, traffic, like, ah. It's like just where you can't love well in a hurry. Slow down. Begin to figure out how to love your spouse well. Begin to figure out how to love yourself well. It's not about tolerating each other. It's about celebrating each other. So, so fix your focus on the first works. Begin to focus and do the first works, which are not what you did to win them. It's what you did in here in your heart. Number two, find some fun. And number three, this is the biggest, and I'm going to pray for you. Fight for forgiveness. People don't fall out of love. They fall out of forgiveness. When you fall out of forgiveness, it's, it's really hard to come back from that. Many of you might have been hurt. Been, been, we've all hurt each other. I've hurt my wife. She's hurt me. I've hurt my kids. They've hurt me. I mean, we all, we're human. You've hurt each other. And there's pain and there's hurt. The reality is that Jesus said they can take two and make them one. That Jesus paid for all those pains and all those hurts. And that you can literally begin to forgive. When you refuse to forgive them, you lock them into a time machine of the moment that they did that offense to you. And they can never get out of the past. You've actually locked them. You can, your pain, in your pain, you've gone numb and you've gone angry. And, and you, can't, you can't heal anybody. Pain causes us, to, causes us to be unloving and numb. And so in your pain, where you've locked them into that pain, you've actually locked yourself into that, that past as well. What forgiveness does is allow anybody to grow beyond their biggest failures. So when you say, I give you forgiveness, you're saying, you know what? I believe you can grow beyond that. I know there's things that might've seemed like I can never get over this. God can do it. Jesus can do it. It's not about keeping score. It's about losing count. How many times should I forgive Lord? Seven times 70, 490. No, no, no. It's not about even keeping score. It's about losing count of how many times I let go. I forgive doesn't mean you trust right away. Or you have to just say, you know, I'm going to be hurt again. Put up boundaries, but heal, heal. Let God do healing. Get into a connect group. Go to a marriage conference. Go into counseling. Get some counseling. Don't keep your pain private. I said at first service, I have a lot of wives that want me to go out with their husbands and fix them. And, I, and I'll, I'll, every now and then I'll go out with some, some guys and I'll, I'll go for lunch. And I know the stuff going on in their lives. And they'll sit at a coffee for an hour and bullcrap me. And they'll act like everything's fine. And how's UT? And oh, and the game. And oh, I'm like, man, I know you're jacked up in your home. Get real. Take the mask off. How? I'll be like, and I don't, I'm not going to pry and be like, you know, I know. I'm not going to do that. I know. I'm like, how you doing? How's life going? I try to ask some probing questions. Facade the whole time. Some of y'all need counseling. I don't need counseling. <laughs> you're the one that needs it. Go get, get some, we've got great resources and great counselors. There's nobody generous in the emergency room. You ever in the emergency room? No, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> no, you go first. Nobody. Because they're in pain. And they're needing help. So I'm asking, let God heal our marriages and heal our pain so that we can actually be a generous people and begin to heal other marriages and heal a community and heal workplaces and heal homes that need it desperately. People are going to look at you and go, wow, something's different there. Something's brighter there. Something's glorious there. I want that for my life and I'm praying that for your life. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for simple truth, simple scriptures serving one another, 
Lord, I thank you that the servant is the greatest of all. I pray for men in this room right now, Lord, that their authority would come from serving and protecting. That the servant is the greatest and that, that wives would serve their families and that they would be the greatest, Lord, that there would be supernatural miracles today. People that have been hurt beyond belief, that they, you could mend that today. Holy Spirit, you gave your, your power to us to make us one. Any divide, would you unify today? Any, any, any wound, would you heal today, Jesus? Any, any lie of the devil, any area that we've bought in or believed a lie about our spouse, would you, would you kill that lie? And allow us to connect at a greater level today. Would you give safe spaces and safe zones inside of homes and living rooms and kitchen islands for husbands and wives to actually talk and say, well, this is how I was feeling. This is how that felt. But this is, this is what I want to believe for us. And this is where we're headed. God, would you open up the dialect and open up the conversations just, just in our homes and through our, through our relationships. Oh God, give godly connections and godly relationships. Lord, let people get into connect groups and be real and honest. Lord, whoever needs counseling, let them take steps. Lord, I pray just for, for baby steps today, whatever those might be. Next steps today. And of all things, I thank you, Lord, that we have hope. We have hope. I thank you for the goodness of God in the land of the living. I would have fainted if I had not believed. I would have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. Lord, not one day when we get to heaven, not one day when we're in a different space, but in this land, in this marriage, in this household, we will see your goodness. We give you our marriages today. No one looking around just for another second. The only way to have a strong marriage is for Jesus to be the answer, to be the one in the middle of all of it. Maybe some of you need to give your marriage back to Jesus today. Maybe you need a fresh start with God as an individual. Maybe you're, maybe you're not even married. You say, you know what? I, I don't even know how to do all this. I haven't seen a good marriage from, from my family, but I want to do it God's way. You have to have Jesus as your savior for that. Maybe today's your day to say, you know what? I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. Not religion, not church, not rules, but a man that came and died on a tree took our sin, our shame, our mistakes, our guilt, nailed it to a tree publicly, died and rose from the dead to give us life so that we could actually walk with God in a relationship and have the power to become all he wants us to be. No one looking around, maybe you're watching online or you're in this room. If you say, you know what, pastor, I need a fresh start with God in my life today. I need, a, I need to make Jesus the center. I, I want to follow him again or I want to follow him for the first time. I want him to be the leader and Lord of my life. I believe he died. I believe he took my sins and I want to give all that to him. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he's God. I need him in my marriage. I need a fresh start in my marriage. I'm going to give my life and marriage to him today. If that's you, no one looked around. Would you just put your hand up to me? I need a fresh start with God. I need to give my life to Christ today. Thank you for your boldness. Come on, anybody else? I, I need Jesus in my marriage and my life today. I'm ready for a fresh start in this moment. Thank you for your honesty. If you're, if you're watching online and you need a fresh start with God, just type in fresh start right now. Come on, church. People saying yes in their marriages, in their lives to Jesus being first. I'm going to pray a simple prayer with you and just pray this prayer with me. There's no magic in the words. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for going to that cross, for dying publicly in a shameful way, being stripped and torn limb to limb being bruised and pierced and 
speared in your side. Thank you for what you did on that tree. Thank you that you took every bit of my shame, every bit of my regret, every bit of pain, every sin I've ever committed or ever has been committed unto me. You took it all on that tree and you said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, I thank you that you forgave us so we can forgive others. We can release forgiveness today. We believe that you died and that you rose from the dead. We declare that you're our Lord and you're our Savior. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with the power to become one and serve God all the days of our life. Thank you for bringing us into your family. In Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. So proud of you. Come on, I hope to see you at this weekend's XO Conference. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.